Welcome to Flipping Dreams. I'm your host, Heather Renee May, and I'm dedicated to bringing you content that will inspire curiosity, connect you with other dreamers, and encourage you to continually pursue your dream life. Flipping Dreams is all about the idea that we can literally change our lives each and every day. Through thought-provoking commentary, interviews, and resources, I will remind you every week that it is never too late to transform your past and empower your future. Thanks for joining Hello, friends. Welcome back to Flipping Dreams. This week's episode is you are in for a treat. I got a chance to hang out with Lillian Glanton. She went from being an American Idol finalist to creating, producing, running the Muscle Shoals Songwriters Festival and now the new Muscle Shoals Songrooms. We talk about crafting songs. We talk about the song business. We talk about taking risks, believing in yourself. And let me tell you something, her energy, fire, spunk, I mean, if this talk doesn't ignite you to want to pick up a guitar, I don't know what will. Not only that, she will kick your butt if you don't live your dreams. So I hope you enjoy our chat, Crafting Songs with Lillian Glanton. You are listening to Flipping Dreams. Hi. Hey, how are you? Where are you? I know. I'm in my camper. <laughs> oh my God. You have a camper. I do. I do. Yeah. I just talked about all these little cool things about you that I'm just like, this girl is amazing. <laughs> well, I could say the same about you. Oh my gosh. Um, I did a little bit of stalking you to prepare. I mean, I already knew you were awesome and we've talked quite a bit, but like, I was like, okay, I just want to like, I was like, I need to go look up that American Idol video because I'd never watched oh it. Oh my God. Girl, girl, <laughs> can I tell you, I was like to tears at the end, like when it was just like, oh my gosh, oh. is she going to get it? Is she not? What's going to happen? And oh my gosh, it was like. <laughs> oh my God, I felt the same way. Woo, that was crazy. Let me tell you, Lillian, that was like. That took so much guts. I can't even imagine like coming out there on stage and being like in one take, I've got to get everything right. I've got to play all the notes right. Plus I have to like woo them and sell myself. And like, I felt your pressure and I was like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. Nobody has ever told me that I felt your pressure. Yeah. But you know what? That one moment set me up for all of the other moments that I've had in my career today. You know, with just interviewing people and being on the spot and I don't know, it was just something about that moment because it was so nerve wracking that it just like, you know, like when, if you're a kid and something traumatic happens and you just remember it for the rest of your life, like it wasn't traumatic in that way, like a bad traumatic, but it just, it just kind of set me up for like, I don't know. It's like, it's like fear, that kind of fear you can only get that so often and you can't get it at many places. So I yes, <laughs> yes, no, I mean, it like scared the living crap out of me. You handled it so coolly and so amazingly. Yeah. And, and I also loved your song and, you oh, know, wow. I was just, you Thank know, you. so like coming from, I mean, I have so much I want to talk to you about, um, but like, 
you know, because I know you from the festival and um, which is the Muscle Shoals Songwriters Festival. And I know you now from your song rooms, which we're going to dig into a little bit later. And, you know, but I didn't really know kind of what brought you this far. I mean, when you did American Idol, it was 2016 and you were 15 and like had so much bravery. And basically you went from like farm life, from chickens and eggs to American Idol to being an entrepreneur. And like, yeah, so I've had a, yeah, my story, I, I have a unique story because I started out on the artist side of the music business, then fell into the songwriter side of the music business. And now I'm actually on the actual music business side and creating opportunities for other songwriters and other artists that are out there. And I think it's an advantage that I, it, happened that way in in my story because I know what it feels like to be a songwriter and an artist so I know what they need and what they want and so it's really helped me to start like start the songwriters festival and start the song rooms because I know how it feels to be a songwriter and I know how it feels to be an artist and so that's brought a different side of the table to to everything that I've been doing on the business side of things but um yeah I've been writing songs, playing guitar since I was probably eight years old. Um, and I was kind of, of a creative, weird kid who was into everything from ballet to cooking to karate to riding dirt bikes. Like just this crazy tomboy girl who grew up on a big farm in um, Alabama, just right outside of the Shoals. And I still live here today on a poultry and cattle farm with my parents and um, it's great. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I was able to kind of get that upbringing of like, my parents were kind of like, yeah, sure, Lillian, you can go do that thing. And I would try it out for a couple of months and it just wouldn't, it, it just didn't stick. Nothing stuck, really stuck like music did. Cause I had always been involved in music and always wanted to do something musical in some way with my life. And I've known that literally since I was eight years old. And um, yeah, I started playing guitar, started writing songs, started going to Nashville. My mom would take me back and forth to Nashville every weekend and I would write with songwriters there. And, uh, when I was 15, my mom was like, Lillian, you know, it's the last season of American Idol. And I was 15. I was old enough to try out. She was like, you should totally just go for it. And I'm like, okay, heck yeah, let's just go and try it out. You know, I had no intention of even having the opportunity to get put on TV. I mean, there was over a million people that auditioned. You know, and they only put so many people on TV and they only picked 200 people to go to Hollywood. And so I just thought, I, I just, my hopes were just not sky high. You know, I was like, oh, I'm 15. If I don't get it, whatever. And I wound up going to Hollywood, which is a really cool experience. And um, a huge accomplishment. I mean, congratulations. Oh, like that. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I wound up going there and I realized very quickly that I had a lot to learn as a 15 year old because I mean, it's, it's like you go from high school football to the NFL. Like it's just like top notch talent. Not only that, you're in front of millions of people, camera in your face 24 seven, you know, and so it was, um, it was a very eye opening experience. And unfortunately, I got booted off the show kind of early on, like made it to top 200, went out there to Hollywood and stayed for a few weeks and then came back home. And 
when you come back home to a small town and you've just been on a national television show, it's like, oh my God, there's that girl that was on TV. And I'm like, my life just like completely changed overnight. Like I literally, the night that my audition aired, I was back home already because they filmed the, they filmed the show so early on in the year and I was already home. And I just remember sitting and having my phone and just seeing all my Instagram likes go up and all my Facebook likes go up. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, what now? So I kind of took that American Idol title and just ran with it, you know, and I played a lot of fairs and festivals and I got a band together from my high school. I was still in high school at the time and um, played lots of fairs and festivals for a couple of years. And I realized during that time that I was doing all these fairs and festivals as an artist, I wasn't really focusing on songwriting, which is really what got me into music in the first place was being able to create your own songs and your own lyrics and to have your own voice um, in songwriting. That's what got me started in music. And so I kind of took a step back from being an artist, which was very hard for me because I'm an attention hog. I love being in the spotlight. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my journey. I think that's a good. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say, I, I think that's. You're gonna really... tell me to shut up because I'll no, ramble. No, it's great. No, <laughs> I like to. I want to let you ramble. Um, but I think like um, th that there's something really humbling about being an artist, being on stage. I've had that experience of like performing in front of hundreds of people and having a certain level of like notoriety, and then um, and then pulling back from that and being like oh, wait, like it, it really, I think it's a really great gut check. And like, it, yeah. it's not an easy process. Um, yeah, it honestly takes more courage to pull away from something than it does to actually do the thing. Yeah. You know, feel that way. Cause you did, I mean, you were, I mean, and you still do perform. Yeah, I do. I'm starting to get back into it, but I like, I definitely took, some years off like after releasing my second album and um I really just I felt like I wasn't connected to the reasons why I was doing it anymore like it wasn't you know it's like all of a sudden it was this other thing this business this something this persona and it wasn't just me playing the songs that I love writing the songs I love doing it because it's just in my heart and it's something that I've gone through and it's uh you know like kind of a moment in time that I'm capturing to notes. Um, yeah. So, and I think, and that's like, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was this idea of what songs are of crafting songs, because I think like, it's very different. I think that people don't all understand sometimes like what goes into songwriting. And for sure, like, this is something new for me, even I, yeah. My songwriting for me was kind of this cathartic, like, I'm going to share my whatever, my innermost thoughts and whatever hurts and pain, whatever, with people. Um, but there's a craft to songwriting. And there's people that, like, write songs specifically in Nashville for other artists to pick up and perform where they're not actually even ever performing those songs. Other people are. And so I'd love to hear more about that and also how that relates to your song rooms and how you've created an environment for musicians to do this. So, yeah, I, um, I tell songwriters, there's a difference between being a songwriter and being a songwriter in the music business. 
like to do it like you want to make money and you want to make a living writing songs. You just songwriting just for the heck of songwriting is totally different from actually wanting to make money with your songs. And it's not a sellout. You know, that's another thing too. It's like, well, I'm a songwriter and I want to write what I feel and I want to write about my story and I want to write. That's awesome. And sometimes you can just be completely personable and write whatever the H-E-L-L you want to. But in the music business, commercial songwriting has to do with the craft. And then it also has to do with your message. How does your message reach millions of people and somehow impact them in a way to where they're in their car and they're listening to that song for three minutes on the radio? You know, how are you going to convey that message to reach millions of people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really, it takes, again, a lot of courage to put yourself into something knowing that the baby is going to be given to someone else. Like you're not, you know, <laughs> that's, that's really hard. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell me about, tell me about your song rooms. We're going to, I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit, but let's first, oh, that's yeah, let's first talk about your song rooms and also, um, like, I think it's really, uh, people listening don't necessarily know this, um, but we are in Muscle Shoals. We're in, you know, an area rich with, uh, you know, fame, Muscle Shoals recording. I mean, when you, I feel like just being on the river, the singing river, I mean, you can just hear Etta James and Aretha Franklin and the Rolling Stones, like as you're just going about your day. I mean, it's just a super inspiring place. Um, there's a reason people came here to write songs. and. Yes. And I love that you have decided to choose, like, this is the place that I want to bring songs back to. Because for a while, it, it kind of, you know, it faded, I guess. I don't know yes. of a better term, but um, it kind of waned. Yeah. It ebbed. Mm -hmm. And so um, tell me about your vision and what you've created. Yeah. So um, after Idol, you know, I played lots of fairs really anywhere that I could that they would let a 16 year old girl perform like I was there and when I kind of took a step back from the artist career I started playing a lot of songwriters festivals because I could go I could play my three songs I could still be in the spotlight and I could play songs that I wanted to play and there was a listening audience who cared about my music and they were like true hardcore music lovers and so every time I would go and play a songwriters festival and I'd come back home to the Shoals area. Like what you had said previously was so much music history. I was like, why in the world is there not a songwriters festival in the hip recording capital of the world, Muscle Shoals, Alabama? Like this is a disgrace. Like somebody needs to do something. I, and I had no intention of really creating this whole entire brand from the songwriters festival but it just kind of happened that way because you stick muscle shells on something and people will pay attention to it because of all that has come before, before us, um, that's happened in, in the shells music history. And, um, so anyway, I started the muscle shells songwriters festival. Um, I had the idea for it about three years ago and last year in October was our first ever songwriters festival. And at first I was just going to have like, 30 performers, maybe some hit writers from Nashville that I could call and say, hey, 
I have no money. I'm broke as a joke, but can you come play this festival? You know, it was just going to be very, very small. And we wound up getting over 300 songwriter submissions within like five months. And I was like, holy crap. And then it went to 50 performers and then it went to 70 performers and then it went to 120 performers. And I had a team of like 40 people and it just grew and grew and grew. And um, during this time of me planning the Songwriters Festival, I was also meeting other songwriters in the Shoals area that I had no idea were songwriters. They would just reach out to me and say, hey, we love what you're doing. I'd love to submit for the Songwriters Festival. I'd love to write with you. And the question would always be, where are we going to write? You know, I live outside of the Shoals. I live about an hour from the Shoals. And then kind of weird for the first time, meeting somebody and writing a song with somebody, you go over to their house and sit in your, their living room. Sure. Yeah. That's that could be. Object. Yeah. Kinda it's awkward. just weird. Yeah. It's not professional. It's the environment's not creative. You know, it's not, it's just not it. And so that's kind of what inspired the Muscle Shoals song rooms, which is a writing facility and performance venue for songwriters in Sheffield. That is awesome. And I will, obviously have links to all of this in show notes and on YouTube notes, but um, when the viewers check it out, I mean, these rooms are just beautiful. They're amazing. They feel like, I mean, I feel like I would want to live there, but they just look <laughs> really inspiring. Um, one of the rooms is bright red walls and just, they all have so much character and, and you can tell that they're just, they're meant to be focused. There's instruments, there's couches, there's what you need to do the things to write and do your craft, which I love. Yeah. Um, and, and in a safe environment, right? Because, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the number one thing It's you want it to be professional. You want it to be creative. Um, you want to feel cozy and warm and soft when you're writing songs. You know, I don't want to write songs in a cold, dark dungeon. I don't feel, I don't think anybody feels much inspiration there, you know? So yeah, it's basically like a gym membership for songwriters. They pay a monthly fee. They're able to have access to a writing room seven days a week. You can make you a cup of coffee, get you some water before your writing session. Um, and then another thing that's really cool about the song rooms is that we offer a community, you know, because nobody gets anywhere alone. You have to surround yourself with the people who are interested in the same things that you're doing that can bring you up and support you and keep you inspired. Um, and I wonder, I wonder how that works. So um, I feel like with art, any arts, there's a level of competition. And, um, and I think unfortunately, because now we've also become artists that are marketers, we're self marketers. So it's kind of and I'm going to do a whole show about like, creating art for art's sake versus marketing sake. But anyway, um, but but the idea of like, um, like competition and how to trust that you can share your ideas, that you can work and collaborate with people, that you can also inspire and build people up and, and support what they're doing while they're supporting what you're doing. And then it's, there's not just one apple in the crate for, you know, it's like that, yeah, the, everyone can succeed and achieve their goals, which is some, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I don't think, or I know for a fact, no one gets anywhere alone, you know, and I've had a lot of hit songwriters, you know, I ask them this question, how do you keep going? Because it is very competitive. It's the music business is a competitive world. Um, but they always say your time will come. 
you keep writing the best songs that you can and you keep showing other people love and grace and, um, and your time will come. And it is, it's so true. And I have uh, been lucky enough to go to Nashville and sit in on listening rooms and, and hear songwriters. Whenever I get to town, I, I, I try to catch some, you know, singer songwriter in the rounds. And um, it's just so inspiring to hear what people are writing and just, it, it's just a really, it's a very energizing environment. And I can imagine that that's something that you're creating here in the song rooms where it's not just like, you're not just in a vacuum trying to create something yourself, but you're actually, you feel that energy. You feel like you're, what you're doing is purposeful and exciting and that you're going to connect to hundreds, maybe possibly even millions of people through your words, which is really, really exciting. Yes. It's so exciting. It's, um, I mean, honestly, songwriters, they're like a little gift from God. Like, oh my gosh, they are writing something down and putting melody to it to make someone feel something, you know? And if you're a songwriter and you're not sharing your craft with the world, you're doing a disservice to the world. And I'm going to find you <laughs> and I'm going to point you out and say, yes. hey, you better start writing some freaking songs. I love you know? that. I love that. <laughs> I And you know, the... I, I can't champion that more like people who think that the world doesn't need them because there's too many people already doing that thing. No, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. I believe everyone has a unique gift that they've been given and they have a unique perspective and we need everyone. We need all of it. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that. You, you can never have too many artists, too many musicians, too many songwriters, anything you can never have too much of anything in the world yes. because there's too many people to go around that needs that special thing that you have yes yes and so um talking about like I just kind of lost my <laughs> train of thought for a second because I, I'm going all over the place here um it's also really hot in this camper I had to close everything down because <laughs> like you know the sound and I'm like sweating, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, okay. I know where I wanted to go with this. So, um, some of my listeners maybe are, maybe they used to write song, maybe they used to play music, but they don't anymore. Maybe they never have. And so I wanted to touch on like what some of your advice is for people who have that spark in their soul to write songs or play music, but also, um, what about your webinar and uh, some of the stuff that you're doing to help bring these tools and these things to people virtually right now? Yeah, for, for your listeners out there, I mean, whether, you know, you haven't played music in 15 years and you're wanting to get back in it or you've never picked up an instrument and you're wanting to start, I think the number one thing that you have to do is look for opportunities because they're out there. There are so many opportunities for songwriters um the song rooms is a great place to start you know even if you don't live in the shoals area we still offer community and events and you know virtual things that you can do to surround yourself with people who are doing the same things that you're doing um yeah i think it first starts with looking for opportunities doing some research figuring out hey how do i get involved in this world um and then the second thing is put yourself out there you know, if you're wanting to start doing something again or start something new, you have to put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm going to start doing this thing. I'm going to start writing songs. I'm going to start playing guitar. 
Um, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say that, but I think it takes a real pivotal moment in someone's life, oh, yes, right? It does. Yes, it takes a huge pivotal moment. Yes, I would, it is. I know I'm just probably thinking, oh, well, just put yourself out there and do it, you know, but it is, it's, it's easier said than done. But I do feel like once you look for opportunity and you see other people out there doing that thing, writing those songs, playing those shows, <clears throat> um, getting involved with, with opportunities, I think you're more likely to get involved as well. And also what about like being in a community like that? Perhaps that helps with this, like the fear of failure, right? Because I oh, think, absolutely. yeah, I think the biggest barrier to all of this is like, oh my gosh, what if I fall on my face? What if people laugh at me with, what if I suck or whatever, which is just completely subjective, but oh, like, yeah. yeah. So this idea um, of being able to reach out, find opportunities to be around. Other, and, and I think that hopefully as a human race, we're getting better about supporting each other, right? I hope that the music industry is getting better about supporting, you know, everyone in, in it so that it's not so cutthroat or, you know, we've all watched Nashville and <laughs> the oh, yeah. show and like, yeah. Um, but, but I think it's really real that, um, to continue to find opportunities, I think that in my life, anytime that I've reached out, anytime I've reached out and I've met resistance or someone who maybe wasn't kind, it was really about their insecurity and their, their own, it had nothing to do with me. And I just needed to remember to keep going. Like, it's okay. Like, but don't just, you have to have a stronger sense of self and just, just trust your gut and keep moving forward. Yeah. I, I, wow. I totally wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, do you have any moments in your life where you had those pivotal moments where you were just like, Oh my gosh, I could just give up now or why have I done this? And then and well, it's, like, it's like when I first started the song otters festival, I mean, I was an 18 year old girl. I had no money in my bank account. I was trying to put together a $25,000 song otters festival. I would go to sponsors and I had one man literally tell me, this, you're not going to be able to pull this off. And I sat in my car and cried for two hours, you know, but you have to think every time somebody says that you can't do something, or you have that little voice in your head that's saying, you're not going to be able to make this happen. You have to think, am I going to let this define who I am and the character that I'm about? Yes. Yes. Do you want to have that little voice in your head or that one moment where you screwed up and you fell flat on your face and people made fun of you. Do you want that moment to define the rest of your life? Mm. Because that's what it comes down to. That is good. And I don't think anybody wants that. No, no. And I feel like we need to just have that soundbite of you saying that right there, that people can just play, like just have you in their pocket and just play that. Oh and they get discouraged, just be like, oh yeah, Lillian's on my side. She's rooting me on. Yes. She's also going to kick my butt if I don't do it. So. <laughs> yes. yes, right. I will. I will kick your butt because I'm telling you the fear of failure is far more painful I mean, it's far less painful than the fear of you not doing it at all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is so important. And like the basis of everything I'm trying to do with flipping dreams, trying to get people to have these conversations with other people, with themselves, like realize that 
hey, it doesn't matter what happened in the past or what decisions you made. You can always make different ones and it's never too late. Like literally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the festival, we only touched on that briefly here and there. Um, I was lucky enough to volunteer with you last year and like witness behind the scenes and oh my gosh, it was so professional. So exciting. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I had just moved to the Shoals and it was just like what you put together and I'm, you know, it was just so on a level, so, um, above anything that I had expected. And I'm so excited to see what you, you know, how it evolves and what happens this year. Um, and for listeners, I'll also have links to this festival. It will be in November this year in the Shoals. It's a great opportunity to come and visit the Shoals, stay at the amazing bed and breakfasts in the Marriott and get to tour around and uh, just get to witness this um, and hear th these amazing artists that come from all over. So um, it's really- Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So um, you've got the webinar going. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, because of all this COVID-19 stuff happening, which is we're recording this now in the midst of all of this. And um, I had to close the song rooms down and um, close its doors for a couple of months. We had to cancel all of our songwriter workshops and events. And I kind of thought, how can I still connect to songwriters remotely? Um, and that's what led to the Songrooms webinar series, which is a way to connect to song, connect to songwriters online, really from all over the world. Um, and it's been amazing. I've been able to bring on hit songwriters and um, music publishers, so songwriters can have the opportunity to learn from some of the best songwriters in the music business and pitch their songs to the right people. That is amazing. Um, and I will have links to all of that because I'm really hoping that you know, it's interesting during this time of quarantine, COVID-19, it's like, um, it's actually brought a lot of opportunity to people. Like, so in other words, you might not have ever thought about doing something virtually like this. And Never now, thought about it. Yeah, yeah. And now you're bringing people to the shoals online, which is really cool. Yes. So yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. I love that. Bringing people to the shoals online. I love that. Um, yeah. Feel free to use I, that. I, have, I, I sure will. I sure will. I mean, well, I, and I use what you say all the time about the shoals uh, or what you had told me when we first, I think it was the first or second time we had met. And you said the shoals is peaceful, but energizing at the same time. And I swear I say that to everyone because it is spot on what the shoals is all about. But um, yeah, back to the webinar series, like I would have never thought oh, you can teach songwriters online and bring on guests and kind of curate space for songwriters to learn and give them opportunity. Like I would have never, I would have never thought about that. Yeah. It's funny because, um, I've been playing a lot of fiddle recently and, um, because of all of this, like there are Irish sessions from New York that I get to join every week. And there's like all these courses that I get to go online and learn through zoom. And it's like, uh, I'm playing more than I ever have and learning all this, all these new great songs and getting to see other musicians from all over, you know, my friends from all over the country. And, um, I just think, oh my gosh, I'm really thankful for this because otherwise I would have to go travel to be part of this because they, it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist. So. Yeah. And it's really changed. I think it's changed the music industry. You know, I'm not, I haven't been to Nashville to write with someone in three months because I'm able to pull them up on my computer and write virtually. 
So there's so much opportunity. I mean, I know it's a lot of pain and suffering that, that came out of this COVID stuff and, you know, lots of people have lost income and I mean, it's, it's a very sad time, but it's also a really cool time in history to utilize technology to the best of its ability and come up with something unique and different to help other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I completely empathize with, you know, there, people have so many, there's a vast uh, rainbow of difference, differences that people are going through and how they're experiencing this time. Um, but when it, I heard a quote recently from a podcast that had something to do with where there's obstacle, there's opportunity. And I think that that, uh, love that, yeah, that's absolutely true. It's like, you know, it, that's the time when you dig your heels in, that's the time when you figure out, okay, how can we make it better? How can we do more? How can we do something? Um, rather than just being stuck. And I'm, I'm definitely, I am a proponent of action. I, I, I jump off the cliff before antidote of fear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I jump off the cliff before I realize like, wait, did I pack the parachute? I have no idea. Like I, but I just do it. So um, literally every day I'm like, well, here goes, here goes me off the diving board into the deep end. Yeah. You know, but you have to do that. You have to have, I tell everyone you need two things. You need courage to do something. And then you also need passion because discipline only goes so far. You have to be passionate. You have to love what you do if you're really wanting to make something out of it. But I mean, action is literally, you have to take action. Absolutely. And that's what, that snowball just keeps on rolling down the hill. Absolutely. And sometimes a snowball needs help. So sometimes you, yes. know, you reach out to your community when you get stuck, when you feel discouraged and, uh, you find that the people who hold you accountable, whenever I do anything big uh, or launch any of my many, uh, you know, harebrained ideas, I, <laughs> I, I, I find one or two people that can hold me accountable and that I can just be like, okay, when I get discouraged and think like, I can't do this anymore, why am I doing this? Then I reach out to them because I know that they'll feed me honest feedback, but also really encourage me to continue. Yeah. And I mean, listen to podcasts, fill your mind with things that are going to encourage you. Um, read books on people who have done great things, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and somehow, I don't know, I don't care how you do it, whether you listen to a podcast, read a book, read an article, watch a YouTube video, something that inspires you to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, what did they say? Um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? And so, oh, love that. you know, so like in, in music, especially it, it's okay. Learn cover songs, you know, imitate the people you love if that's what you're passionate about, because it will ultimately, you're still going to do it your way. And you're still going to tap into that thing that you really love. And hopefully it will lead you down a path where you can start to express yourself even more fully in songwriting. Yeah. But, I mean, success leaves clues you know, listen to that artist that you love and figure out what, what is that thing that you love about them? You know, mm -hmm. and maybe you can add a little dust of them into your songwriting ability and your artists, your artistry, and you're still going to have a unique voice that no one else has. But I think that's a level of mastery is when you pay attention to people before you who are doing the same thing that you want to do. What are they doing that makes them unique and successful? 
Yeah, it's like having, you know, adding adding things to the gumbo, you know? Yes. You just throw it, throw it in the pot, let it simmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. So um, I am curious. So a couple, couple more things. Um, what does Lillian have planned in the future? Does she have any visions that she is um, kind of feeding, cultivating, or is, yeah, like... I wish I knew, like, I wish I just knew, like, oh, five years from now, I want to be doing this. Like, I just wish, I don't know. I think like we are, like what we were talking about earlier, having action. I think, I think a five-year plan is just ridiculous. (laughs) You know, I really do because how in the world do you know in five years, if you're even going to be still passionate about doing the thing, you know, I honestly think that if you have an idea, you need to just act on it. Like just start taking action. And if it winds up not working out, then try something new and try something different. Again, easier said than done, but you keep working that muscle of like constantly putting stuff out there, constantly trying something new. And eventually you're not going to have a fear bone in your body. And that little voice that's in the back of your head that's making you feel scared or feel like you can't do it, it's just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller until it becomes a whisper. You, you know? just stop listening to it altogether. Yeah. And, yeah. and I love yeah. I love in that you're giving yourself grace. You're giving yourself grace to change. Like you're, you're, you're building in the protection for yourself of like, hey, it, this doesn't have to work. Like whatever, it's going to be what it is and I'm just going to jump and do it. And then yes. it's going to evolve into whatever it's going to be. And yeah, and that that's really difficult for a lot of people. But I think it's so crucial to really um, capture to really capture and tap into your true passion and creativity and to be free. Like it gives you a sense of freedom. Yes. I think you have to allow yourself grace and freedom, both of those things, because you know, it's just like what I'm doing now. I might not be doing this thing within the next five years. It might look completely different than it does now. Of course I have goals and aspirations. I mean, I want the songwriters festival to be the biggest songwriters festival in the world. And I want the song rooms to reach hundreds of thousands of songwriters all over the world to give them opportunities to get their songs heard by the right people. You know, I, I mean, I have those goals and those, and those dreams, but honestly, I think the more that you put yourself out there, the more you start to create something and give yourself freedom and grace, the less likely you are to, to have as much resistance as you did when you first started, first started. And, you know, the first few times that you do something, it is scary and it is hard and you're probably going to cry and it's not pretty. Mm -mm. I mean, it's just not the first several times that you do something, you know, it's not going to feel natural. It's not supposed to. That's, that's the fun of it because if it wasn't that way, it would be boring, you know? Absolutely. That's what life is about, right? Living, like actually living it. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, I I am just so. First of all, thank you so much. I'm so excited that we were able to to like. Oh, do you were this welcome. This, this week. has been so fun and energizing. I love it. Oh, great. Um, I don't know if you had an opportunity to think of a quote for my quote of the week. 
Yes, okay. yes. Um, my favorite quote is be the change that you wish to see in the world. Gandhi, I think that's how you pronounce it. I always pronounce his name wrong. Isn't that how he pronounces? Do you know? Yes, Gandhi. And, yes, and, right. yes, yes. And I think this is really interesting because last week's episode, that was her quote. No so way. this is, ah, I actually think yeah. this is great oh, gosh, because it's like, that. you don't even know, Alyssa. <laughs> and you're both, you're both <laughs> channeling the same. So yes, that's that. great. That's great. Uh, I love that. And there, you are such an inspiration to me. I mean, seriously, you're just like, you speak your truth and you you live it and you're just like, I'm going to go do this thing. And, and yeah, you really are an inspiration. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It's, it's people like you that like make it so enjoyable. And like, if I didn't have you to talk to who I'd be talking to my dog and well, she agrees with everything pretty much. <laughs> I say, but, <laughs> but no, I think it really, um, it takes, there's a symbiotic, energy that happens with people that are dreamers, that are doers, that are believers, like people that are just encouragers of other people. And I am hoping with this podcast to tap into as many of those people as possible and make that community more connected and as large as, as it can be. So I love that. Thank you so much. I really, I really had a great time. Thank you. you. Rock. Ah, Lillian, you rock. And, uh, I, uh, I look forward to hopefully in the future having you back on and, uh, and seeing what else you've come up with. So this is amazing. That good, girl. Yeah, but keep rocking it. You're doing amazing things here in the Shoals and uh, I'll have all your, your info and connect all the ways to connect to you in the show notes. And um, yeah, thank you so much. I hope yes. to see you actually physically soon. Yes, please. Yes. I'll see something. Yes, absolutely. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. If you're interested in learning how to flip your dreams, please check out my new course on Teachable, Flipping Dreams. The link is in the show notes. I'll help you flip your dreams like you would flip a house. Who has time to muddle through vast volumes of self-help books to find a solution tailor-made for them? Flipping Dreams is that solution, a streamlined framework that is applicable for every dream. Through guided physical and journal exercises, I'll take you step-by-step -step through the journey of demolishing your old dreams, setting a new foundation, drawing the blueprint of your new vision, and then framing, designing, and finishing out your new dream life. With my course, you'll end up with a focused mind, a toolbox full of inspiration, and a renewed sense of purpose and passion for your future. So check it out, and I will see you back here next week on Flipping Dreams.